I titled this, this message, Don't Cling to Me. Don't Cling to Me. And so, as many of you may recognize, we're going to John chapter 20, verse 11 through 17, which talks about Mary Magdalene after Jesus had risen and she fell at his feet and she held on to Jesus real tight, real tight. And we know from the scripture that this was a deeply emotional experience for Mary. And we know a bit about the scripture, about, from the scripture about Mary Magdalene, that she had been delivered from seven demons, the scripture says. That's Luke at chapter 8, verse 2, and the other scriptural references that we're not going to cover. But she had been delivered and set free. And she was grateful. She was grateful. She was hanging out in the tombs waiting for Jesus. She was amongst the dead waiting for Jesus. And so there's something special about this. Whatever she was doing, there's something special about her. We know that because she's mentioned in the Bible and she was the first to see Jesus and she held on to him real tight. And Jesus says, don't cling to me. So what does this mean? And as I was studying this, if any of you have done this study, it can take you in a lot of different directions. And... Um, so as I was studying this, uh, you know, I couldn't rely on my own senses. I couldn't rely on my own intellect. It just wasn't there. It didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, the disciples touched him. Thomas touched him. Others handled him. The other disciples had handled him. But he tells Mary, don't cling to me. Don't cling to me. So just for significance of Mary, um, Mary is distinguished from all others of the same name as the Magdalene, which identifies her with her place of birth. It's not her last name. Just as Jesus was called the Nazarene um, because of his association with Nazareth. Magdalene means tower or castle. And in the time of Christ was a thriving populous town on the coast of Galilee, about three miles from Capernaum. Um, it may be that Magdalene was connected with the industry of the town at that time. But Mary Magdalene was searching for Jesus among the dead. And when she found he was alive, she was determined to hold on to him with everything she had. She worshipped Jesus at his feet. She had not forgotten what Jesus did for her. It didn't matter whether he was dead. <laughs> she was showing up. Despite that, she was looking for her Lord. She was looking for the one who delivered her from madness. And she was determined not to let him go. John 20, verse 11 through 17, the New King James Version reads, But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stood down, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? 
She said to him, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabona. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. What is Jesus talking about? Where is he going? Where has he led Mary? This, I believe, is one of the first introductions that Jesus has to his disciples and to Mary, that they're going to worship him in a new way. Because we don't hear a lot about those worshiping Jesus. We hear about the ten lepers who got healed, and one comes back and worships Jesus at his feet. We hear about the demoniac who was in the tombs, and when he got delivered, he came and worshipped Jesus. Actually, before he got delivered, he fell at Jesus' feet. And he went on to worship him. Now we see Mary Magdalene waiting in the tombs. And when she discovers who Jesus is, she falls at his feet and worships him. If we read John chapter, excuse me, um, <clears throat> John chapter 20, verse 17, in the Revised Standard Version, it says, Jesus said to her, do not hold me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to the brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Matthew 28, 9 says the women, um, 28, 1 through 9, and I'm only going to read part of this. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went, quick, went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. So this idea of holding on to Jesus in the natural. And what we see in the scripture is that Jesus is saying to Mary that don't cling to me for I have not yet ascended. There's something about to happen that you and the disciples are going to need to be aware of. 
then you will worship me. And you will worship me in spirit and in truth. So what we see in the scripture, and I hope we can discover a little bit about, as we discover a little bit about Mary, is that something unique takes place here. This is a spiritual encounter with the risen Lord. And he's introducing her to a new experience in him that we all have as born-again believers. But the Bible says in John chapter 4, verse 24, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We can't grasp God in our minds. We can't grasp God with our hands. The Bible says if you're going to worship him, you're going to have to worship him in spirit and in truth. So what we see Jesus saying to Mary, it's okay to worship me, but not now. I, you have something to do. I'm sending you to go tell the disciples that I have risen. And there will be a time when you will worship me. In Mark chapter 2, verse 18 through 22, in the New King James Version, the Bible says, Jesus' question about fasting. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Fasting is something that is done in the natural, but it's a uniquely intimate spiritual experience. It doesn't make sense in the natural. But it makes sense in the spirit. It involves closeness. When one is taking on the responsibility of putting their own flesh down, their own carnal nature down, down just so they can be close to God. And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? Now we're talking about intimacy. We're talking about an act of spiritual worship. As, and as long as the bridegroom, as long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse and no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine bursts the wineskin and the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. Jesus is talking about spiritual living and the new birth. The new birth for us. He's telling us about how to live spiritually. A time will come when, he come when he will be risen from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father, and we will worship him as God. And we will worship him in spirit and in truth. Mary, had, Mary Magdalene had an encounter with God. And in this case, she had a uniquely spiritual encounter with God. And I believe all of us need an encounter with God. 
But once you've had that encounter, do you let him go? See, God was not telling Mary, you cannot worship me. Because he told the, those who questioned him about those worshiping before he went into Jerusalem, that if they didn't, the rocks would cry out. This was not about Jesus not receiving worship. This was about the introduction of a new form of worship. A living worship. A daily worship. A spiritual worship that doesn't come out of our minds. It's not something you can conjure up and make him really good in your head. It comes from a deep place, a grateful place, a broken place. We see Mary weeping. She was a broken woman over her Lord Jesus. So when Jesus says, don't cling to me, to me like this, I believe what he's really introducing is union. You holding me is not the same as you becoming one with me. See, we all have things that we hold on to about Jesus. You can even hold on to a testimony you have. But it's nothing like being in union with God, to be one with God. See, Mary was holding on to him the best she, with the best she had. I believe she gripped Jesus. I believe that he was like, Mary, don't let me fall. You know, you're holding me too tight. But I really believe what he was telling her is that something better is about to happen. And if I don't go, you're not going to receive him. And if you don't receive him, you can't be one with me any longer. So when Jesus is telling Mary, this is, Mary is, is that, this is not how you will worship me anymore. You will not worship me in the natural you will worship me or commune with me in the spirit. Ain't that good? That's good news. You don't have to be separated from God. You can be one with God. You can be inside the house, not on the outside trying to get in. See, Mary, you don't have to cling to me anymore. I've got something better for you. Go tell my disciples. I'm, I'm about to tell them what's going to happen. And eventually you'll need to wait for me. You'll need to wait because the Father's going to send his spirit. And he says, no, now go get my disciples because I will let you know how this is going to take place from now on because I will be ascending shortly. Here comes the introduction of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 5, New King James Version. The, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, 
For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. As I was studying this and I was meditating on Jesus and and the, the brokenness that, that Mary Magdalene had displayed at the feet of Jesus. Imagine being there at the, at the cross. And where we are today. Because there's so many things that want to invade our spiritual union with God. Things that we want, we have to be careful not to allow in. Things that want to take your union with your God. That you will no longer worship him this way. You will worship him in another way, in a much more intimate way. In John chapter 17, we read that Jesus prayed this. Before he gave his life for you and I, he prayed, Father, that they be one as you and I are one. So we see Mary is going to be introduced to union, oneness. You don't have to cling to me anymore, Mary. I've got something much better. And for us, I think it's easy to take that union for granted. That it's always going to be there. But this, there's something here that we can glean from the, from the scripture. See, Mary was broken. Mary came to worship God. She was looking for God. She had not forgotten what God had did for her. What God did for her. But the cares of this world, those things that keep us busy and distracted, want to separate us from the union that we have with our God. Things that will convince us that if you, if you earn more of this and you get more schooling and if you keep doing things in this particular way, it will, that proves that you have a relationship with God. But this is something much more intimate, much more special, much more precious. It's on another level. So you will need your own spiritual relationship with him. While we are bombarded by the natural, we see that Jesus himself had to separate himself from the world, from others. Even we see sometimes we have to separate ourselves from ourselves. We got too much going on. I can't speak for all of you, but I can tell you I know I do. We see this demonstrated in a life of prayer, in a life of giving, a life of fasting, a life of worship. But this is, this is what comes out of an intimate union with God. This doesn't earn you into that place. This isn't something you do to get access. Although the Bible says that we enter 
his courts with praise and thanksgiving. This comes once you know what you got. And I'm connected with God. He's, he's awesome. So when I come in, I, my hands must go up because I recognize him. And we see here in Luke 5, 16, so he himself often, speaking of Jesus, withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Jesus pulled himself away so that he could maintain his union, his relationship with the Father, his closeness with the Father. One of the biggest challenges I believe we have is getting busy. Busy and sometimes good, good things. But this is sanctification. When you allow yourself to be separated unto God. When you choose to be separated unto God. When you choose to maintain your union with God. For those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 the Bible reads, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Mary loved God. She loved Jesus. You love Jesus. And this is what God says. He says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And I believe that there's nothing deeper, nothing more precious to God than Jesus. So when the Holy Spirit is searching the deep things of God, he's revealing Jesus to us. Who we are in him as rightful joint heirs with God. The son. So this is a very special union that has very special benefits. And as I was meditating on tonight's message, there's nothing more special than Jesus. There's nothing more special than intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. And there's nothing more special than being in union with Jesus. Mary didn't have to cling to Jesus any longer. Something better was about to happen. She was going to be joined with him on a whole nother level. You don't have to hold on to me any longer, Mary. I haven't risen yet. But when I do, you and I will be real close. I won't leave you here alone. I will send the helper to you. So Mary... Wait for me. Let me go, but wait for me. Isn't that good? God is good. 
I don't have much more to say. My wife told me, Mark, you make sure you keep it short. But I just want to thank God for this revelation. This blessed me because I really didn't know where he was going. I thought, Lord, now this is a little bit over my head, but it's not over his head. As I was reading all these scholars and where they were going, and the Holy Spirit just opened it up in his own special way that we have spiritual union with God. We're one with God. And he said he would never leave you nor forsake you. So Mary, you don't have to hold on to me down here because I'm not going to leave you. And I won't forsake you. To God be all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your message. Holy Spirit, we thank you for orchestrating it. We thank you for revealing it. We thank you for your special design. And Father, I thank you for what you have for each one of us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for searching the deep things of God and revealing those things to us. Father, I ask now for deeper relationships for each of us, that if there are things in the way, Lord God, help, the, help us to remove them, that we can maintain our union, our closeness with you, God, that you so mightily paid for. So willingly paid for. I thank you, Father, for all those who showed up tonight. And I speak blessing over them now. And declare now that they are blessed coming in and blessed going out. And to you alone be all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.